Okay, so season two of Ear to the Streets. I'm joined today by Manchester artist, MC rapper. I'm not sure what you, you want to call yourself, but finally I've got <laughs> you on the got you on the pod, man. After a couple of times last year, we were supposed to do this, but um, I, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Actually, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, last year was a bit of a a mockery for everyone's organisation. I think so. It's just one of them in it, but uh, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm Picasso. From Manchester, uh, rapper, MC, artist, writer, whatever you want to call me, innit? <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, I hear that, man. I hear that. And yeah, man, um, Manchester, we've had obviously Scroops on before, um, season one. Um, well, like, obviously, you're from Manchester. So just tell us a bit about, obviously, how you was growing up in Manchester, what it was like for you, things like that. What what was those kind of things for you when you was growing up? What was the. Uh, the so, scene what's like? mad is you mentioned. Um, you mentioned Scroops in it, and what's weird is me and Scroops actually went to the same high school. Right, okay. So um, we weren't like tight in school, but after school we started chatting because he started making music and that. But I, I originally um, am of Pakistani Irish descent, so my mum's Irish, my dad's Pakistani. Right. And okay. we grew up in North Manchester. Uh, North Manchester is a little bit different to South Manchester. It's not as like diverse. Mm. Uh, so the 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 sort of the areas are a bit more uh, I don't want to say segregated but it's just you know when you go to certain areas you're from London and I'm sure you must go to some areas where it's predominantly white or it's predominantly Asian or it's predominantly whatever culture uh, in North Manchester most of the areas are predominantly uh, like English areas in it so I went to school uh, in North Manchester and I was like I, I don't I don't want to say I was the only Asian kid because there was one other Asian kid, but he mm. was like full Asian and like didn't really speak good English in it. Mm. Whereas I have a full on Asian name. Every teacher struggles with saying my name. And then obviously I speak how I speak in it. So <laughs> people in school just always had something to say. So that was a bit one of them. Yeah. But it was all good, man. Like as far as growing up goes, it's just same as everyone else from a working class area. Really, you go to school, you try and do what you got to do, get by and then after school people some people most people go and get a job in it yeah man i hear that i hear that i'm, I'm the same i was I, I, oh, i'm from birmingham originally um but yeah i went to when i was going to school i think obviously there's like me one other black kid in the school do you know what i mean so like yeah, we, yeah, just, yeah. we just stood out in the school um we got on with other people um but it was proper i, I hear what you're saying like even where we lived um sorry where, where the school was like it was, it was just like, yeah, it was segregated to be fair. It was, um, and even in school, yeah, it's yeah. only when I got to like high school that things changed for me, that it was just totally different. And suddenly I was around people that looked a lot more like me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, man, I definitely, definitely hear where you're coming from with that one, man. But, um, yeah, man, just tell me like about the scene in, in Manchester. Cause obviously I, I've, I go out there sometimes I've been to like, um, some of the venues like Gorilla, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. O2 Academy, places like that. But what's like the scene like in Manchester in terms of um, for hip hop and, and and things like that there? And musically, just gen- generally, um, arts wise, Manchester's always had a good, wealthy history of, of art and like, a good culture around the city. If you've ever been around the city centre, you'll see for yourself in it. Like 
you can go to different parts of the city and get completely different cultures and vibes, which I'm sure is the same in most big cities. But something that's unique about Manchester is our like musical history in, in the UK. Like it's not very hip hop based um, in terms of our most famous acts, like you know, like Oasis and stuff like that. That's not really my vibe. But they are from Manchester, you know what I'm saying? So you have to respect what them them guys did, and they're from working class areas just like us. So from a Mancunian perspective, it's kind of not necessarily in the hip hop area, but musically, it's kind of been done. If that makes sense, like the huge artists from our area have gone around the world and done crazy stuff. Like for us, Oasis is like the closest thing, really. But because it's so distant from our um, type of music and our sort of culture, this kind of there is a scene and there's not a scene. If that makes sense, like mm. it's it's literally building its infrastructure right now. So we have a couple of artists like Bugsy and H. Um, but I feel like they're very much like anomalies from Manchester. Like originally the scene in Manchester was grime heavy. So I feel like if you if you listen to grime when you was a kid, you'd know about Shifty from Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Slay, Hypes, people like that. Uh, they was called, I think Shifty, Slay and uh, Blizzard at the time was a crew called Mayhem and they had a yeah. track on Channel U. And like when obviously Channel U is massive in London and Birmingham. And for us to see them man on there, that was like, okay, we can do this. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. was like the first real example of people actually like us going and doing something. And you could just request a video. You know, you could just type in the little number. And yeah, yeah. Video. You know what I mean? We used to yeah, queue man. up the video on channel, YouTube channel, AK and shit like that. So yeah, man, as far as um, the scene goes, it's, it's on its way. And we've got some really, really good artists, man. And we've got some good people. So I'm excited to see what happens in Manchester. Yeah, man. And obviously when, when people are allowed to, to get back to live music, because I know obviously Manchester, I think more, it's more a Northern thing for the live music. Obviously there's live music everywhere, London, Birmingham, but I just feel like, like you hit the nail on the head a little bit by saying like, it's Oasis, those Manchester's known for Oasis, Liverpool's known for the Beatles, that kind of thing. But when you talk about like hip hop and grime, it's kind of like the second level to it. You know what I mean? Like not many people talk yeah, about it as definitely. such, but I think there's definitely, whenever I've been there, um, you know, I've definitely, you, you see that it's vibrant. There's obviously a lot, a lot going on. Like you said, it's, a, it's an arts city. So there's a lot of art in the city. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like Manchester. I'm, I'm in Liverpool right now. So it's like half an hour from me. So I'm there oh, quite is it? a lot. Okay. Yeah, man. So I, I love Manchester, obviously for shopping reasons as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me. Like, yeah, man. How, how did you get into music though? Like when, what was that sort of time in your life where you thought, this is the path that I want to go down. This is what I want to try and do. Honestly, um, it's quite, to, to be honest, like to take it seriously, seriously, it was like a few years ago. Um, when I really took it seriously. But obviously, as a kid, growing up in, uh, I don't want to say the hood, but obviously the the areas that we grew up in were not very affluent, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's hustling to try and do what they're doing. So we're listening to certain types of music. Like I grew up with my older cousins listening to Tupac and Three Six Mafia and Little John, the East Side Boys and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah, grew up man. with that heavy, hardcore, like gangster rap influence. So what was weird for me is like, my cousins were in all that stuff. And for me, I kind of went the other way, like, because my dad being Muslim, Pakistani, my mum being Catholic, Irish, she she wasn't really, they weren't really in all that street life nonsense, do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. having a having a Muslim dad and trying to be a gangster is not easy to manage the two, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. It's not easy to be a bro. 
both and everything. So, um, but uniquely for me, like I left home quite quite young due to uh, certain circumstances that was happening in the area that I was in. Mm-hmm. I, I went into into like care and stuff when I was like thirteen. So when I disconnected from my family in that sense, like art became because the academics were so pushed on me and pushed on me. Like, you know, how it is man. like ethnic parents, the doctor, lawyer, accountant, yeah, man. like there's not really any other options in it. It's you wear a suit and you make five figures or nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%, man. So as I got disconnected from the culture that I was brought up in and I started to be in the streets a little bit more and, See, seeing my friends more as like my family connections and getting closer with the, with my boys and stuff. I started taking up music. I learned some instruments in school. I was drawing a bit, but it just didn't really satisfy me. And then uh, one of my boys started rapping and he was all right in it, but he made me laugh. And then I've always been known as quite like a witty person in it. And I thought, if I, could, I, I thought I'd spit a little bar, and I'll make people laugh. And then I thought, if I can make people laugh, I can probably make people feel other things. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because of my circumstances, leaving home and and certain other things, like I, I feel like I've got quite a lot to say, and I've experienced a lot of life at quite a young age. So I feel like, on one side, I feel like it's important for me to write music because I don't feel like there's a lot of people telling this side of the story, in terms of people from poor areas that are not necessarily gangbanging, they're not necessarily driving a Rolls Royce and doing all of that. Like there's other mm. people that are from that world as well, and I, I feel like that's not mis- that's not represented you know what i'm saying so i feel like there's a thing in the market for me there to yeah, go and nah, tell that story if that makes sense so that's what made me take it a bit more seriously yeah no nah, i hear that man and it's it's, it's funny because when i first started listening to some of your music um i think it was one hour photo um yeah, yeah. i think you did working out freestyle um coffee yeah, yeah. bean and i remember yeah, listening yeah, to yeah. them and they were it was like, what, how would you describe yourself as an artist? What would, because I would kind of put you in the, like a J. Cole kind of bracket. Do you know what I mean? Where like, yeah, we are different to like what is happening in the UK at the moment. Like it's obviously drill, um, that trap kind mm. of sound at the moment. But I feel like you're kind of like, you're obviously not in that kind of bracket under that umbrella. You're in a different part of hip hop at the moment, which is good because I don't think there's enough of that. But how would you describe yourself as a as an artist? Would you say a conscience rapper? Would you say you're a um I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like what would you put yourself Yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying. I, I appreciate the comparison to J. Cole. Obviously that'd be an honor to be mentioned in the same sentence as mine man, obviously. I listen to a lot of um, J. Cole's music and Kendrick and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um I wouldn't necessarily say I'm, I'm a conscious rapper, so to speak. I'll just say I'm... See, to me, growing up on the music that I grew up on, like, I'm just a rapper, do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I feel like because of the content that's out now, I feel like um, being a rapper is not necessarily music-related anymore. It's more mm. popularity rather than how good you are at music, how good you are at writing, so... Uh, if I was going to put myself in anything, I would say I'm a writing-focused rapper. Mm. Like, I'm very focused on the bars. what I'm saying to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, not necessarily every track's going to be spinning your head with bare bars that you have to listen to 30 times to, like, go over and understand properly. You get me? Like, I want to tell stories for people, but also, like, I, I can show people that I can rap as well just for fun and I can make you enjoy a track just the same way as a drill man can because the beat's mm. heavy or just, do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. yeah, I hear so I, I would just say I'm a, I'm a writing focused rapper really because I feel like the drill thing and 
all of that um like the chart rapper stuff it's just not really me in it it doesn't mm. feel authentic so yeah i want to be wealthy off music and stuff but at the same time like if i make a million pounds and i'm not satisfied with the work that i've done to make that million pounds it's not going to feel like a million pounds you get me yeah i hear that man you want to you want to make sure that the art's correct on it rather than just doing what probably will sell and then obviously yeah integrity man i feel like that's the biggest thing that's sorry for interrupting you but i I feel like that's the biggest thing that's missing from this scene like you were saying there's not enough of that like when when you say there's not enough of that for me there's just not enough artistic integrity. It seems mm. to be like, what's working right now? Let's copy and paste and rinse it until there's nothing left. And then let's move on to the next hot thing. Mm. And let's drain that for everything until it's dry. And then we'll move on to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Nah, and I think that's why the industry, especially like the UK industry, I feel like sometimes that's why it's the way it is in terms of things don't really last or they don't really progress as much as they can. I feel like even going back to like drum and bass, uh, dubstep, UK Garage, Grime to an extent, Drill's the new one. I feel like none of them genres have really, maybe D&B's probably still all right now, but in terms of the others, they're not as prominent as they used to be. And I feel like that's because, like you said, a lot of the time people just copy and paste or they just want to move on to the next wave that can make them a couple of thousand or a mil, whatever, really quickly. But I just feel that if you perfect the craft that you've got, then obviously that can that can take you a long way. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? But like, like you hit the nail on the head there with, uh, with dubstep actually. Like, you know, what's mad for me is obviously growing up with grime, like grime beats are dubstep tracks. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, and a lot of people would have really recognized that if you didn't grow up listening to grime, if you, if you listen to dubstep and was introduced to it just as dubstep, you know, it as Squillex and these American European yeah. DJs that have done, hit songs with dubstep bass lines and a mad drop do you know what i'm saying yeah 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 really and truly they're just grime beats but they've slapped some guy's image on it like a david getter or whatever yeah it's true man charted it but dubstep was at the height of the world at one point and then they just drove it off a cliff (laughs) literally literally do you know what i'm saying and then because there was a time where everyone was a dubstep dj Mm, it's true and then all of a sudden they just drove it off a cliff man so that's why i feel like it's important to have their artistic integrity because when that machine drives whatever brand that they're milking off a cliff like if you've got artistic integrity you're gonna do that whether you are making the dough and getting the popularity or not because being an artist ain't about being a good businessman or being um successful in the material eyes of the world you know what i'm saying it sounds corny in it but realistically no, no, like no, to be an artist it's about the art, but it's not about the piece you make. It's not about the change you wear, and it's not about the whip you drive it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's been a bit lost in this generation. No, definitely. I think I've said it before on on season one, but I feel like streaming has definitely ruined a lot of that as well. I feel like at times there's there's times when I think when we well when we were growing up, um, you know, it was all about physical sales and. Um, I feel like Bandcamp's kind of trying to do that again now, but I just feel like streaming's ruined a lot of that for artists who want to actually perfect their art rather than just putting out anything for the sake of it. I feel like... And getting as many numbers as possible. Exactly. It's more in the numbers game now. It's about how many views and how many streams can you get rather than physical sales. And it just waters down the, the artistry for me. I feel like certain artists... Like, like yourself, for instance, I know that um, a lot of your stuff is on SoundCloud, and for the, I'm assuming for the reason for that is because um, 
you probably prefer to put it on there, but I just feel like that's a probably that's even a better way. That the, the way I found out about you wasn't through Apple Music or Spotify; it was through SoundCloud. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I think yeah, just yeah. by chance that the yeah. song came on, and um, it came on after I can't remember what I was listening to before, but it just literally it was like a shuffle, and it came on, and your song was on there. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, the only yeah, way you yeah. can only way that's going to happen on a Spotify or an Apple Music is if you're in a playlist or. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's all watered down for me. Like, there's actually. no gatekeeper on on SoundCloud, in it. Whereas this is the biggest thing for about the Manchester scene. Actually, I'm not sure how it is in Birmingham, but because the scene in London is so big and saturated right now, yeah, you get posh kids with dough behind them coming to money, and they just get a job on radio straight away. And it's like, yo, why is this girl from Kent telling me that I can't spit bars on my own radio station in my mm. own city? Do you know what I'm saying? Like. It's mad. I don't understand why those people are the gatekeepers to the culture because they're not from the culture. Mm. And when they get bored of being a radio DJ, they go back to Kent and they go back to their six-bedroom yard with their mum and dad and they just chill in it. Mm. Like, whereas yeah, the people who are from here who really care about their music are not getting the opportunities because of their, their resources or they're not as educated in terms of creating a business plan or, you know what I'm saying? And I feel mm. like it's important to address those things as well as as being a musician, I feel like it's important to tell people that there is options in terms of you don't want to be an artist. There's, there's other things you can do that that contribute to the scene and the culture and the community. Even like I think that's what's most important about art is like it's community based, mm. and for people to come outside of the community and step into positions of power and sort of control the distribution and the movement in that community, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, I agree. A hundred percent agree with all of that. I feel like. I think that's across the board as well. Um, the part about you saying about someone from Kent or somewhere like that, you know, they're so detached from... No offense to Kent, shark. No, 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 no. <laughs> it could be any any sort of borough in London. Yeah, yeah. It could be any of them. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's that sort of, that classism, isn't it? It's not even, yeah, it's more classism, I think. And you, you tend to find that they're so detached. You find that in like record uh, labels, uh, A&Rs it's kind of changing at the moment but a lot of the A&Rs and labels and stuff like that that's why I like when people are independent because th- the people that are running these labels or the, the A&Ring or whatever they don't know anything about the culture or the scene or the artists nothing, nothing at all man. you know what I mean that they've got an artist that can probably spit bars better than most artists that are signed but they're trying to get them to do something that's completely different which just doesn't fit their model do you know what I mean and it's just things like that man I think I think you're right man I feel like there's got to be a shift in change in terms of how um like even your example you know not not being able to go on a radio station when you know locally you're the guy that should be on there you should be you shouldn't even have to ask they should be saying we want you on there do you know what i mean and having yeah, to jump yeah. through hoops to, to get on there is just it's mad to me it really doesn't make any sense at all no i completely agree with you bro completely agree with you and that's another thing that i was saying to my boy actually the other day it's weird that you say that um because we was talking about drill and how it's mad how like BBC Three had done a documentary on Digger D. I watched that recently. Yeah, that was sick, man. Pot of papers just came out like recently, and he just came out a pen and just smashed it straight away. Like I've been a big pot of paper fan for a long time, and um, I'd, I've not really been into drill personally. Like there's a couple of artists here and there, but I respect the drill man because they really turn their life around and they're mm. trying to do something with their life. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the biggest thing that the people are always willing to push is the thing that makes us as a culture look the worst, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Like when grime was big, it was very like, 
what you listen to grime uh what you listen to grime because it was very grime was just very raw and authentic and no one hid the accents and no one mm. no one like subdued the energy it was 100% raw authentic this is who i am and i'm going to be the best no matter what anyone says about my accent or the words i say or my do you know what i'm saying like and i feel like drill is being pushed but if you really deep it with drill like if you really actually look at the situation like the message that is getting pushed a lot of the time is good for the artists in terms of they're blowing up off their situation and they don't necessarily have to live that life no more but the stories they're telling makes younger people think that's how they're getting their pee mm, so that, that glamorization and yeah of yeah in a way in a way because in a way, but I don't want to take anything away from the man who do drill and they really have lived that life. Like you can only mm. live your truth in it. You can only tell your story, which I hundred percent respect that. But for me, like I don't think it's a coincidence that that's the genre that's being pushed out of all the amazing music and the artists in the UK. Mm. I feel like ultimately that is a detriment to the culture. I know that I sounds bad, like I'm hating, but I'm not. I'm not hating. No, no, no. I think I think you're right. I think that with anything, especially in the UK, they like to build things up to knock it down. And that is literally drill in, in a nutshell. They're going to build up drill. They're going to push all these artists. And don't forget, like being a drill artist, a drill artist is probably one of the most short-lived like, um, artist careers that you can have in music. Because once, unless you can be versatile, like a heady one or an RV can kind of do something different on drill. A lot of these guys, they're not, they're not artists. They're just guys from the roads that have got good management behind them or good people. They're not, they're not people that you can, you like can bars get. is just, it's just more things to shot to them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Literally like, it is. It's just a second. I can write these bars and this label will buy this for me. So that's just a customer and I've got this product and I'm just going to sell them that. That's what they, that's all they know. Mm. It's like a, it's like a, re- a repeat cycle though. Cause I remember um, there was a, a time when Grime, all the major labels wanted to sign Grime artists and, they wanted to sign them and then just mold them into something different. And slowly you can see that not saying that it's going to be happening to any, any draw artists, but I can see that kind of carbon copy of uh, one drill artist. Like obviously they talk about, um, they probably use like a heady one as a blueprint. Do you know what I mean? His, 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 his album went number one, all of that stuff. And then major labels now, or just labels in general are going to go, right. We need a heady one and we're going to get a heady one. We'll get a ghostwriter to come in and write, some some draw bars for you. You'll get a, a I don't know a, a eight oh eight mellow or whoever MK M one on the beat producer give you the beats and you just got to go in and just rap these. Just draws quite easy, I think, in terms of. And I don't want to take anything just away from it. Like, yeah, man. Just, that, yeah. That are just popular. Chef Ching. Yeah, all, yeah, that, all that, that stuff. Man. It's just easy. Anyone can probably do that. But and I'm not taking that away from any drill artists. I'm not saying that it's it's that easy. But some man are sick. Some drill man are sick. Don't let me take that away from anyone. Like millions, yeah, yeah. I think he's a drill rapper. Yeah, but millions, in my opinion, is oh, the coldest cold. rapper in the game cold. right now. I think he's the. My flatmates are Brummy in it. Like he's from mm. Brum like you. So you man probably have a certain affection for me. Bias towards him, innit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, yo, I think millions is the coldest rapper in the game right now. Him. And uh, Meeks from Money and yeah, Pot of yeah, Paper yeah. are my three favourite rappers in the game right now. Yeah, man. I like Dave as well. I know he's not a drill, but I think Yeah, yeah, Dave. Dave. No, Dave's cool, man. I Dave like is him. like top tier for me, man. Just in terms of the bars and the fact that he can jump on any kind of rhythm. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a drill or a hip hop or a grime or whatever. He could probably do any of that stuff and 
Yeah, he's multi talented, man. I like Dave a lot, man. What I respect but, um, the most about Dave is his age, man. And yeah, his exactly. Level of wisdom that he seems to have. Young, young talent there, man. Definitely. But um, yeah, like that, that money and that fame could have went left at his easy. age, but it's gone. It's going well easy. for him, man. Easy, man. But um, I want to talk about eleven thirty, man. Latest single. Oh yeah, yeah. Dropping on. Is it the thirteenth? It's dropping. Yeah, Saturday, man. 13th of February, man. Recently got played on BBC, introducing for Manchester as well, which was a big look, man, because I know I've done that before, man, and it's a, it's a big look regardless of whether people don't see it like that. But for me personally, I see that as a massive achievement and a massive look because it's reaching out to a wider masses as well. Um, 100%, man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it, man. man. Definitely a big thing. And obviously the rhythm, I've heard it, the, the, the track itself, it's cold. Who, who produced that? Um, it's actually a young kid from London. His name's George Armstrong. Shout out yeah, George man. Armstrong. He's a Very super cool, talented man. kid, man. So if you can find him on SoundCloud or Instagram, go and hit that kid up. He's he's a really talented guy, man. Yeah, man. It's very, very well put together. And obviously there's some bars in there that caught me straight away. Um, the Uncle Phil bar got me. I thought that was a cool, cool bar, man. I yeah, like, I like those things because, yeah, man, I like those kind of bars because it's, it's it was almost like you was telling us parts of your story in in and also talking about obviously the other side of the, the track as well. I don't want to give too much away because I want people to actually sit and listen to it properly. But yeah, you you've given us two sides um of your life almost, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I'm saying something without directly saying it. Yeah, man, there's like some hidden messages in there, but you've got to listen to it. I, I I need to re-listen to it. I can't listen to things like once or twice and make a massive assumption. But definitely it's one of them ones that I know I'm gonna be playing um a lot. And obviously when it comes out on Saturday the thirteenth, just stream that because um, it's definitely yeah, be on all streaming platforms man every every store that's available online in every country in the world it's it's going to be on there so yeah man you know i'm going to push that anyway man but yeah i appreciate e- that very much man. the ep man uh, what are we calling the ep is it 13 lansfield walk still or are we, are we changing that yeah yeah so so the ep uh hopefully is going to be coming out um june or july uh, it's going to be called 13 lansfield walk so uh 13 lansfield walk is just the first house i lived in Okay. I, lived in in I was going to ask that. I was going to ask you what what was the the meaning behind that, which I assumed it was that. But yeah, that's a that's a good album title, EP title. Yeah, yeah. I feel like as an introductory project, um, I'm just going to release a few tracks, let people know who I am, get stuff on radio, and then uh, I had I had Half Eleven play on uh, Foundation FM, which is mm, big man, uh, an all female or an all uh, all women. Um, radio station down in London so shout out DJ Kennedy Taylor for that one I really appreciate that um, and yeah BBC introducing like you said they played my track so hopefully as the audience grows I'll be ready to put out a project then and people can take in a real piece of work from me but yeah, uh, what you'll be seeing from me over the next six months is um, just some visuals some freestyles and uh, yeah man we've got some decent things coming like me and um, an artist called Abnormal Sleeps so we've been chopping it up and working on some stuff together. So we're going to be throwing some stuff out there as well, man. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to all of that, all of that. And obviously we promote on here, so I'll be promoting all of that as well. Looking forward to the EP. Um, and yeah, 11.30 out uh, on Saturday the 13th, all digital streaming platforms, all digital stores, all of that. So make sure you run run that up, 
save it to your playlists, all of that stuff, man. Because trust me, when you hear it, it's going to catch you, man. It's going to catch you. I think the beat caught me off guard a little because I wasn't sure what I was going to expect. And then when I heard the production, <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's a cold production. And then the way you come into the the tune as well on, on the beat, I thought, yeah, you got that right, man. You hit it right, right at the right time as well. Yeah, so I, I really that appreciate good, that, man. Yeah, it was cool. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say, like, when they hear the beat, they're like, oh, he needs to come correct on this beat because yeah, the beat yeah, is serious. Yeah. So but I'm you, glad I did it justice. Yeah, I knew you was anyway because of the other stuff that I've listened to. But yeah, that when it came in, and see, yeah, a beat catches me first. Obviously, that's the first thing. I If I, I don't like the beat, I tend not to like really pay too much attention to what's being said because I the beats are stuck in my head then. But once I hear a cold yeah, yeah. first eight bars of that beat, and I think, yeah, this is going to be cold. Catches, yeah, they let you take it in. It's like an appetizer for the rest of the song, exactly. Exactly. So, I enjoyed that one, man. Um, so yeah, we're gonna obviously add the links to that, um, on the description of this podcast episode as well. So, there'll be links for the Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, all of that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, just click the links in the description. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get that sorted. But I gotta ask you as well, man, about Man United. I was hoping you'd ask something. (laughs) <laughs> I'm assuming you're a United fan, man, and I need to ask yeah, you, man, massive. what is going on with United right now, man? Uh, well, firstly, I need to ask who you support, so I know what I'm talking to. Um, I'm a Chelsea fan, so I'm kind of... Like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, my friends know me as a, as a... I have a particular thing about Chelsea. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I did my first... Um, we, we do this thing like me and my boys get together when the season starts after the first couple of games and uh, mm. chat about like what we think is going to happen at the end of the season and you know just regular guy talking it barbershop talking it just yeah, chatting yeah. couple of drinks whatever just talking about the football and um, my flatmate's an Arsenal fan okay. and a couple of my boys uh, we've got a Chelsea fan and a Spurs fan and, you know what I mean so we've got a good variation mm. um, and I was saying about Lampard actually that when he came in um Everyone was saying, no, but he's got 200 million, man. He's got 200 million, man. And I said, yeah, but what happens when he can't make that 200 million perform? Abramovich is not a guy that has patience. Never has been. not going to watch his 200 million. Never has been, man. Never has been. Never. That's not the culture at Chelsea. The culture at Chelsea is you win something in two years or it's gone. Mm. And we're bringing in the next guy who will do something. But I knew that was going to happen. I feel sorry for Frank, but I I wish he would have stayed, to be honest. Because I bet you did. He's making it click. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So, but um, United-wise, what's going on with us? Um, I feel like we was unlucky at Everton. I feel like we just demolished Southampton and obviously with the red cards, like, you've still got to go out there and beat them, like, don't mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, how many times do you see someone get sent off for a red card and then the, the, the men just sit back in two banks of four and just defend them? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. really hard to break them down. Especially with United, that's what we struggled with. We struggled breaking teams down. 100%. We're good on the counter, but but right now I think Oli's the right guy. I've said that from the beginning. He's one of us, so he's getting uh, with our ownership right now. They don't care about the club; they're just siphoning money out of the club. Like if you actually look at our net spend, like even when we spent however many millions when we sold Lukaku, like our net spend was like seventy million, which is ridiculous yeah, yeah, for Manchester true, man. United. Do you know what I'm saying? So them owners are just siphoning money out of the club. We just paid for Tom Brady's ring that he won last night. <laughs> that's, their, uh, that's their club in it yeah 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 it's true over in America true, so I don't know anything about NFL but I know we just paid for that so, yeah, yeah it's true um, yeah man like Ollie's the right guy he's like a Man United fan in in the driving seat 
Mm. And I think, I don't think some some outside ego from abroad is going to be the right guy to drive this team forward because I think you need United through and through and you need an identity, especially in this era of football where money is the main thing. Like mm, Everyone's got money now, so it can't yeah, just be we're Man United. It has to be, we have an identity, we have a philosophy and there's a plan. Like, you know yourself, you brought in Frank Lampard and we wanted it to be romantic and everybody wanted him to take it really far. And then one day we see Gerard at Liverpool and mm, Gerard Lampard and Oli. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We wanted to see all that at the same time, but football doesn't care about romanticism. It cares about results. Isn't it? Just results and trophies, bro. That's all it is, man. That's it. And if you're not getting the results, then you got to go. And that's as simple as it is, man. But I, I agree to an extent, man. I think Oli's overachieving, if I'm honest. I think the defence is a bit... Definitely. I, I think Eric Bailly is a brilliant... I don't, I'm not sure about Lindelof, but he seems to like him more than Bailly. So I don't know. I mm. think I think Luke Shaw's been amazing this season, man. I think he's playing yeah, he out of his skin from, from the start of the season. I think Jose fucked up his confidence a little bit if I'm honest you know and saying he was overweight and all that shit and yeah 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 that must have fucked him a bit but and obviously he had the and leg his leg break, break as yeah, well. the leg break before that but this season he's been not and Cavani they're, they're, they're listen them kind of players Cavani as much as people used to laugh at him when he was at PSG because he was in the farmers league and that yeah he, he trust me he's a good he's a good striker man for me I yeah think hey, don't forget him about uh, when he was at Napoli as well he was Napoli, a serious yeah, striker he was banging there goals well. there and, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he's PSG's all-time top goal scorer as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people laugh at him and that, but listen, his movement off the ball, the matter distance he covers on the pitch as well. Listen, he's he's a baller as well. But um, yeah, man, I still think I, people were saying yesterday isn't it, that the City have basically won the league. They can't really see. I, it's going to be difficult for me to say that United can catch them the way that City are playing. And I think City have got a game in hand in it. Um, yeah, yeah, they have, yeah. But yeah man it's still on for me I still think until it's physically like I'm talking 10 15 points clear yeah and, and, and City are clear and I mean proper they're not clear at the moment if they win their game in hand then yeah it's a bit difficult and obviously the Champions League is going to play a big part this season isn't it? with with all of that yeah, but, of course. yeah man but you're going to have to come I've got another podcast that I do as well football one you're going to have to come on there man come and bring some of the boys yeah definitely, got there, definitely jump on on City, I think they are going to win the league, bro. I said that from the beginning. Like, no one could expect us to win the league. I feel mm. like if we would have said at the beginning of the season, yeah, we're going to be in title contention, people would have laughed us out of the exactly, room. You know what I mean? exactly. so the fact exactly. that we're disappointed in the fact that City are going to win it is a good thing for me. That's progress, isn't it? Mm. I'd rather City win it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, me, me too, man. I'd rather City win it than Liverpool. Yeah, they win the same, league, man. I didn't want to say that. I'll let, I'll let you say it, that bit, innit? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just it's not easy for me to say, but I'd rather that than Liverpool tie with us on numbers of titles. Hundred percent, mm, so. man. But um, yeah, man, you have to jump on. We'll, we'll sort out a date for you to jump on the football podcast with us, man, because that's yeah, we do that weekly, 100%. man. I can talk football for hours, man. So, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, we'll definitely jump on that, man. But yeah, I want to get back to the music real quick before we wrap things up, man. So. Just to recap, man, 11.30, 13th of Feb, Saturday, this Saturday coming. Um, yeah, that's going to be out. Stream that. Yeah, man. All streaming platforms. Um, I've got a little preview on my Instagram, which is uh, at picasso.mcr. You can go and check out the little uh, preview of the instrumental there. And um, there's, yeah, there's a pre-save link in my bio, so you can get it on all the streaming platforms there as well. 
Yeah, man. And we got the EP coming June, July times as well. And obviously yeah, in between man, then as well, you got the videos coming out as well. Some videos and freestyles as well. Yeah, man. I've got a video uh, actually rendered and ready to go at the moment. We're just waiting on the videographer to see what time is good for him to get the upload out and uh, wait for it see how this single does. And then we can sort of ride the momentum of that. And then we've got some more artwork and we're trying to do some interesting things with the artwork as well, man. So um, look out for those things that we'll be doing around the city in Manchester with the art. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on the pod, my brother. Honestly, like I know it's been a bit of a mad one when we tried to do it last year. It was just crazy times. I think I was busy, then you was busy. And then yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man. It's got to good. chop it up, man. But listen, 11.30... I'm gonna start. I'm gonna keep plugging this all, all from now until next week, until Saturday, 11:30, the 13th of Feb. Make sure you get that, stream it. Honestly, push it all the way. Links are gonna be in the description as well. Um, you can follow Picasso as well. Instagram. He's already told you all of that, but we're gonna put all those descriptions and uh, links to that in the description as well. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on the pod, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. And I'll jump on the football podcast, and then when. Uh... When the EP is ready to come out, we can jump back on and I'll 100%, man. 100%. 100%, man. Love, bro. Love, bro. Thanks for having me.